when I, w I was booked into a tiny hotel in Canada years ago and I walked in and there behind the shelf, uh, behind the counter, was on the shelf a collection of Hindu gods. And I thought, got it. You know, I, I know who you are now. I once walked into uh, an apartment, uh, there's actually a medical doctor's apartment, a young lady, and uh, we were picking up something to do, whatever, I can't even remember, but I looked over and on her shelf there were various totems to gods, and they weren't all from the same. It wasn't all Hindu gods this time, it was, it was a mix. And I asked her, I said, now what's this? And she said, well, that's where I do my praying, that's how, where I connect with the spiritual and the like. And I, I wanted to, but I didn't. Believe it or not, I refrained from speaking. Um, I was thinking, those gods actually don't like each other. I'm not really sure they want to be on the same shelf. But I figured, no, maybe we should back off and approach this in a different way. We all have gods. Most of us know we live in a celebrity culture where you can be famous for being famous. For year, years ago, although her moment seems to have passed, I would, I would just say, I can prove to you that the world is insane. Paris Hilton is famous. For what? I mean, what, what, is, what, is done, what has she done here? I'm not against her. I, I would pray for her. I'm just saying we like to worship celebrity. But we're not, that's not new. That has always been true. We have always lived in a celebrity culture through, as long as humans have been here, where we, we worshiped the sports stars, the generals, the dictators, the, the singers, whatever they were that we really looked up to, we called them stars, as if they were heavenly creatures shining light on our world. There are, I, I overheard an argument between two grown men about which was a better series, Marvel or DC Comics. I would suggest you might want to do something else with your life. But they had put them very high and to the point where they would argue, I don't watch ESPN because I don't need to. Uh, if, I, if there's a sporting event I want to see, I may watch that. But the rest of the day is people sitting around a desk arguing about sports, which will not matter in a week, a month, a year. Why would you put yourself into that place? It reminds me of a time I was on an airplane. Across the aisle from me was a young lady. Uh, to remember, I'm 62, so almost everybody's young. Uh, as we're in the air, she pulls out a, a stack of magazines. They were things like People, Us, In Touch, that sort of magazine. And she wasn't just reading them. She was studying. She was focused as she could be. And I found it amazing as she worked through all of this, and then the last one popped up, and I was, really? She was reading Soap Opera Digest. Now, let me explain why that one kind of pegged my needle a bit. She's reading gossip about people who don't exist. <laughs> we live in a celebrity culture. Well, three of Jesus' closest friends had a close encounter with their top-level celebrities. The Gospels mention it, as does uh, Second Peter, but the longest version is found in Luke 9. And, and by the way, um, I know that this place cannot see the Scripture, but it's in, I kept trying to figure out, is, where's the metaphysical meaning? Because we couldn't read the song slides because of the cross. 
Now, we don't want to complain about the cross because that would seem really wrong uh, for Christians, but you're just going to have to trust me if you can't read this, the, this, the slides this morning. About eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, John, and James with him and went up on the mountain to pray. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed, and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor, talking with Jesus. They spoke about his departure, which he was about to bring to fulfillment at Jerusalem. Other versions say they spoke about his death, which he was about to accomplish. I love that phrasing. Peter and his companions were very sleepy, but when they, they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with them. As the men were leaving Jesus, Peter said to him, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. He did not know what he was saying. While he was speaking, a cloud appeared and covered them, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. A voice came from the cloud saying, this is my son whom I have chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, they found that Jesus was alone. The disciples kept them to this to themselves and did not tell anyone at that time what they had seen. What's going on? God's readjusting their gods. He is readjusting their attitudes. Moses was universally esteemed among the Jews, and, and for good reason. And remember that the book of Hebrews is directed toward people who have put Moses none higher than Moses, Abraham, Elijah. In fact, I often wondered, why didn't Abraham show up? Was he busy? You know, whatever it is, this is their highest level celebrities. And a natural tendency among Jews who believed in Jesus Christ as Messiah was to honor him. Now, put air quotes around honor Jesus by putting him up at the level of Moses and Elijah. They thought this was showing God through Jesus the most esteem they could possibly show him. So chapter 1 in Hebrews talks about how Jesus is higher than Moses and all the others. But chapter 2 brings him down to earth and says he was human. Now chapter 3 has to remind us of the high position of Jesus so we do not keep our minds earthbound and we do not put anything higher than Jesus or equal to Jesus. Hebrews 3, 1 through 6. Therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus, whom we acknowledge as our apostle and high priest. He was faithful to the one who appointed him, just as Moses was faithful in all God's house. Jesus has been found worthy of greater honor than Moses, just as the builder of a house has greater honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything. Moses was faithful as a servant in God's house, bearing witness to what would be spoken by God in future. But Christ is faithful as a son over God's house, and we are his house, if indeed we hold firmly to our confidence and a hope in which we glory. Now, here's the thing. In our culture, most of this goes right through the years. It doesn't really hit. So we need to talk about their culture for a bit. If we feel the call of heaven, and if we lift our eyes to God, 
we will see Jesus. We will not see Moses and Elijah. And that's not speaking ill of them. They are definitely heroes of our faith. But they're not Jesus. The writer says, I'm not speaking ill of of Moses. Moses is a faithful servant in the house, but it's God's house. And the son of God is Jesus. In the house of God, remember whose house it is. Now, some fathers back in the day used to use expressions such as, as long as you live in my house. You may have heard that. Some of you may have heard it repeatedly. My house, my rules. You know, in America and in, in Western European society, not so much anymore. It just isn't. But in God's house, God makes the rules. Jesus is the son. And as the firstborn son, he has all of the authority of the father in the Jewish system. And so the writer is saying, Moses was a faithful servant in the house of God, but it wasn't his house. It was Jesus's house. This is highly significant. When my father passed away a few months ago, I got a couple of notes from people that uh, are in the family sphere somewhere. And they said, you know that your role has changed. You're now the patriarch of this line. Actually, both of them said clan, but I don't like using that word in the South. Uh, it's, it, um, it's, a, it's a Scottish term. Clanad means the children. Uh, and it just means this is your family. This is your people. And you have certain things you're going to have to take care of and watch out for. And I get it. I get it. I understand. You obey the ruler, the patriarch of that house. Then we're reminded of the truth of Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Everything is God's house. Not just church. Not just... I've had people say... I, you know, a person came up to me years ago. They said some of the boys were wearing ball caps in the church. And I'm thinking, well, first of all, this isn't a church. This is a building. Uh, we are the church. But they, they pushed it. And they said, I don't think they should be wearing hats in a house of God. Um, everything's the house of God. He made the universe. This is his house. I'm not going to fight that. In fact, I want to look again at Hebrews 3, 3 through 4. Jesus has been found worthy of greater honor than Moses, just as the builder of a house has greater honor than the house itself. Yeah? For every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything. And that moves us to Exodus 20, 1 through 6. And God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children of the, for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to thousands of generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. This is his house. Therefore, we at Fourth Avenue will not make any other gods before him. We will not make our nation, our politics, our preferences, our culture, 
our sports, our religious history, our appetites, our desires, our own stubborn will into any God that would rival the true God. That means in all ways we must have our behavior in check. A man came across to visit us in Scotland. I've told this story before. He wanted to move to Scotland and become a missionary. And so he had shown up and wanted to be shown around. So I showed him around. And back in the day, you didn't have little cameras that used electric pixel, you know, electronic pixels. You had to have film. And that film, or as we'd pronounce it in Scotland, film, would have to be taken to the chemist to be uh, developed. And then you see your picture. He wanted some pictures developed. He was so excited. So we went to Boots, the chemist, the largest um, chain there. And the, the wee girl across the counter told him how much it was. And I'd have to make up numbers because I don't remember. It, was, but it would have been about twice as much as he could have gotten it here. He was outraged. He went off on that girl. That's just too expensive. That's, what are you doing? And, just kept, and I was trying to interrupt him, but he wouldn't be interrupted. So I just got behind him and hooked my hand in his belt and started pulling. Now, he was bigger than me, and he could have decked me. But he has to remember, he was the foreigner. <clears throat> So, you know, anyway, you know, give it a go. Pulled him in the hall, and he wheeled on me and, and shouted out, what are you doing? And I looked at him, I said, congratulations. For about $30, you've made sure I can never talk to that girl about Jesus. Because every time she's going to see me, she's going to connect me with a wild, angry American who was upset at her about something she had no control over. Where is your God? You allowed $30 to trump Jesus in that encounter. You allowed something else to trump Jesus. What are you doing? We have to remember this. If you're pulled over unjustly and you're sure it wasn't you that did it wrong, you, you have the right to appeal a ticket. You have the right to go to prison, but you do not have the right to throw your Christianity away as you do so. You have to keep who you are, and who he is in your mind. We must make all other gods bow down to Jesus and not allow any of them to keep us from bowing to Jesus. Hebrews 3.6 Christ is faithful as the son over God's house. We are his house if indeed we hold firmly to our confidence and the hope in which we glory. I love this song, what a beautiful name it is, because of the uh, assurance that keeps pounding out of that song, the love that keeps coming in waves from that song. It's not saying, we hope to have a home with Jesus. It is, no, we're going because of his love. And he says, you want to come to the house? You can live in the house. In fact, in John 14, we memorized it as, as kids, that in my, house, uh, in my father's house are many mansions, the real word there, and most new versions get it right, many rooms. God's not building a house for us. He's bringing us into his house. He's preparing a place for us in his house. So will we learn from the past? Well, frankly, human beings are terrible at learning from the past. That's why we keep repeating it. We are really not good at this. We tend to elevate kings and then riot against them. And vote for somebody and then riot against them. Or say, oh, we love this, this singer, we love this actor, we love this, and then turn against them. We do it all the time. We see what doesn't work and we do it again. 
I want to be very sensitive in what I'm about to say. I wanted to write an article about it, and I found no matter how much I tried, the article came off more as an attack than I wanted it to be. I get the Christian Chronicle, which is a Church of Christ newspaper, basically, every month. And if you don't get it, I'd recommend it. It's quite well done. But there are ads for preachers, and I always look at them, just, I'm not looking for a new job. Uh, I'm, I want to see the state of those churches that are looking for ministers. And there was one larger ad than, than normal, and it had all of the code words. You know, we're a small church, and we need a, a sound preacher. What that means is he has to toe the 1950s line of American fundamentalism and how it invaded our church. And every single way, and there will be a catechism quiz. It went on. We don't use instruments here, and we don't let women talk in it. This is in the ad. And all this other, and we need somebody to come here to help us grow and take this gospel to a modern world. And I'm going, it won't go. You can shove it all you want to from this side, but this side's not moving. It's closing down churches because you... There was nothing in the ad that said a man who is wrapped around Jesus, elevates Jesus, talks about Jesus, lives like Jesus, and acts like Jesus. Jesus didn't get mentioned. Their king is a system. Their God is a tradition. They have allowed something to trump our Lord, and that'll never work. The Old Testament, Paul said, was our teacher to bring us to Jesus. And one of the things you've got to learn from the Old Testament is it is not safe to ignore God and his commands. Hebrews uh, 3, 7 through 11. So, as a whole, and I love the way the, the writer of Hebrews uses so. Just go through and watch. It's very, very artful. So, as the Holy Spirit says today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. That's in the past, during the time of testing in the wilderness. We have more? Can we, there we go. Where your ancestors tested and tried me, though for 40 years they saw what I did. Boy, this sounds an awful lot like my life too. That is why I was angry with that generation. I said, their hearts are going astray. They have not known my ways, so I declared an oath in my anger. They shall never enter my rest. When I go about working with churches that are struggling or churches that are just trying, not, you know, trying to find a new direction, I sometimes have the bad news of sitting down with them and saying, you will not be able to move forward until the doubters die. But sadly, that's in Scripture. You cannot come into God's house, God's saying, until those that doubt me die. Do not be one of the reasons the church can't move forward. Do not become one of the reasons that the church cannot follow Jesus. And by the way, every year at camp, I watch the videos, and I'm going, oh, that would kill me. It's exciting and it's great. But I also want to always tell the people who went there and enjoyed it, Please make time to go to our, our brothers and sisters who are in their 70s, 80s, and 90s and say thank you. Because had they not plowed the ground and opened up the way, you would still be trapped in a church that wouldn't clap, you couldn't wear shorts, you couldn't have fun, and if they caught you moving to the music, it better be choreography. <laughs> but the old folk in this church made that safe for you.
And I cannot honor you enough. Thank you. Thank you. Well, as a community, uh, I'm sorry, I, I need to hit 312. Is 312 on a slide at all? Thank you. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. Once again, turns away from what? Your system? Your traditions? Your way of life? This is hard for the Jews. You think it's hard for us? We only have about 190 years worth of traditions. They had 1,500 years. And he's saying, you don't put anything above a living God. Not a God in stone. But living things move. You're going to have to follow this God. You will change. As a community of faith, i got to do this quickly. I'm kind of running out of time early. But encourage one another daily. Oh, please look at this. Not discouraged. Not correct. No. Somebody on Twitter yesterday decided to correct me about using instruments in worship and went off. I just blocked them. I don't need that in my life. I don't wake up in the morning and say, you know something, there's not enough pain and difficulty in my life. I sure hope somebody brings some more. <laughs> I had a person once said, really, would Jesus block them? I said, have you read Revelation? <laughs> yes. <laughs> my goodness. Encourage one another daily, as long as it's called today. So that none, by the way, that just, it's a Jewish way of saying, you got to move now. Don't wait, don't think, I'm going to do that one day. Do it now. So that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Sin can't get you if you're being pulled toward Christ. So encourage each other. That's a pull. We've come to share in Christ if indeed we hold our original conviction firmly to the very end. As has just been said, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in rebellion. Who were they who heard and rebelled? Were they not all those Moses led out of Egypt? Don't do it. Don't fail Jesus like we failed Moses. We are encouraged to gather in Hebrews 3. You're encouraged to be with each other. You can make attending worship legalistic, but that's not what this is about. It's this, the hottest coal in the fireplace. If you take the tongs and you pull it out and you lay it on the hearth's floor, will go dark because it's not with the rest. One, and I've, I say this, and people think I'm just throwing a line out or the like. My wife knows me, and she knows this is God's own truth. One of the main reasons I'm a minister is so that I will stay with the church. Because I fear my mind is, is like a squirrel on acid. <laughs> or, or a ferret on its third cup of espresso, whichever works for you. I have people say, I don't do drugs, and they've got like a 40-ounce Starbucks thing right there. And I'm going, eh. <laughs> I fear that I will be distracted and not look at Jesus if I don't have a deadline to do it and a job to do it. So I changed my life to get my focus right. You probably aren't as messed up as I am, and you could do it without becoming a minister. But people, we got to put Jesus up we got to hold him up. It doesn't always feel good, but we have to learn from our past. I'll read. I'm skipping down to Hebrews 3, 16 to 18, please. Who were they who heard and rebelled? Were they not all those Moses led out of Egypt? 
And with whom was he angry for 40 years? This is like a parent going, what did I tell you? And what did you do? Whom was he angry for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies perished in the wilderness? And to whom did God swear that they would never enter his rest if not to those who disobeyed? He's saying, pay attention. Have we not been blessed? Even with our scars and brokenness, have we not been blessed? His son did not get through this world without scars. Why do we think we're going to get through without scars? But if you keep your eyes focused on Jesus, you will not die in the wilderness. You will cross the Jordan and you will be home. Mark, could you bring your group up, please? We do have Bible classes today. We'll even have one here in the uh, war zone. Uh, I will ask all my class people if they could sit on one side, but that's probably not going to (laughs) happen. Wait, that came out loud. Was that out loud? Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Just experience is all it is. Anyway, should we... I'm going to back up. Life is difficult enough. Don't make life harder than it has to be. Don't make your life more painful than it has to be. Follow Jesus. Put him high. Let no one get above him because all idols will fall. But Almighty God will not. Our Jesus will not. Would you stand with me? Two phrases. The Lord is God. There are no other gods. Would you say them with me? The Lord is God. There are no other gods. One more time. The Lord is God. There are no other gods. And the people of Christ say, 